This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, September 24th, 2017. Miracles Restoration. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We've been um, exploring some of the miracles of Jesus found in the book of John, the fourth book of the New Testament, second part of the Bible. Today's our final week on that series, and this morning our focus is on the, uh, the resurrection of Lazarus, his, his restoration. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Before I pray, I have more exciting things to share. So on Wednesday nights, we have Alpha, and that's going, like, incredibly awesome, and a lot of us are involved, and that's really cool. We also have student arts ministry that very same night, SAM. Now, SAM is for children or students from pre-K through eighth grade. And let me tell you that we have, like, skyrocketed in our numbers of kids involved. I mean, there are so many kids, and we're out of room here at church, but we also have a lot of awesome mentors, but we need more mentors for Sam. And so if you could give of your time on Wednesday nights, it's about nine weeks, and it starts at 6.45, but we'll give you dinner at 6.15 if you show up, to be a part of the student arts ministry. Stephanie, can you kind of see Stephanie over here and she's also the one that plays the keyboard and she will connect you and we would love for you to be able to be uh, blessed by being a part of the student arts ministry. Would you pray with me please? Mighty God, thank you so much for this opportunity to share a miracle story uh, found in the book of John in the Bible. Open us up that we might be changed and transformed by your love. We pray this in your name. And everybody agreed and said, Amen. 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 So our video just a few moments ago began with Mary falling at the feet of Jesus, saying to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So that's in chapter 11. That's verse 32. Let's go back to the beginning of the chapter to see how we got here. Beginning of this chapter, chapter 11, John, we have the sisters of Mary and Martha. They send word to Jesus that his friend, the one he loves, they say, Lazarus, their brother, is sick. Now, Jesus is a good friend of this family of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, the one he loves. And they send word to Jesus this sickness must have been extreme or they wouldn't have gone to this length. In other words, unless their brother was on his deathbed, they wouldn't have gone and done this. But that's exactly what he was, as we'll soon find out. He was on his deathbed. John 11, beginning at verse 4. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. Okay, so 
This is a challenge. Maybe it is for you too. A kind of strange. Jesus loves them, he said. All three of them, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. So when he hears Lazarus is sick, he stays two more days without going back to him. I don't know about you, generally speaking, that's not how we show people that we love them. If our kids are in an emergency situation, if at all possible, we drop whatever we're doing and we try to help out. When a friend needs a hand, we um, generally don't sit around for two days waiting and then go and try to help. Um, I don't know about you, but in our world, that's not how we show love. Uh, can I get an amen from somebody here on this? Yeah, I mean, this seems whack, doesn't it? So what's going on here? So what's going on here? Uh, we're hoping you can tell us. I will. I want you to notice something found in Scripture. Notice what Jesus says. Jesus says this sickness will not end in death. That's important. He also says that it, will that it will be used to show God's glory so that Jesus may be glorified. It seems that this interaction somehow will help people realize just how awesome God is. And it will also help people realize better who Jesus is and what Jesus does and why Jesus is here. It's not going to end in death. That's what the scripture says. The key word here is end. Say end. And let's remember that because Jesus says it will not end in death. And then the next few verses, the disciples express concerns about returning to Judea, where just a short while before, the Jews tried to stone Jesus to death. Jesus tells them he's going back because Lazarus is now dead. He knows this. And for their sake, the disciples, Jesus is glad that, that he, Jesus, wasn't there so that they might believe. In other words, he's going to use this to show the disciples and everyone else who he is and the power that he has and overall the glory of God to help them more fully realize who Jesus is, he's, uh, to help them more fully realize that he is, in fact, the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One the one God sent to be our Savior. And so when Jesus arrives, Lazarus has been dead in the tomb for four days. Four days. When Martha, one of the sisters, hears Jesus coming, she goes out to meet him. I can picture she must go down like a lane somewhere, but because it says that Mary stays home. And here's where we see what Martha says. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I don't think she's blaming Jesus here. I, I doubt she knows that he dilly-dallied for two days. She's commenting, observing, musing, wishing as she recognizes that Jesus is the healer, the great healer. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus, he didn't cause her brother's death, but he could have stopped it, couldn't he? She knows he's that powerful. If only he'd been there. If, if only, if only. 
That's a popular expression that we have today. If only. If only. For example, if only I hadn't taken that first drink. If only I hadn't taken that first pill. If only I hadn't fallen in love with that person. If only I hadn't, uh, if only I had finished what I started. If only I hadn't started what I ended up finishing. If only, and then we add God in that mix. If only God had taken away my mom's pulmonary fibrosis and my dad's pancreatic cancer. If only God had protected my brother. You can fill in your if onlys. If only God had given me the strength to say no. If only God had been there when, and I'm, I'm not saying, some of this is true and some of this isn't what I'm saying, but you catch my drift. If only, if only you had shown up, I wouldn't be in this circumstance. If only you had healed me when I asked you to heal me, I would be better. If only, if only, if only. Something we say. If only. Hmm. And so that's where Martha is here. If you'd been here, my brother would not have died, she says. It's the exact sentence we'll hear her sister say shortly, the sentence we started with this morning before going back to seeing what led up to it. If only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Uh, an interesting difference, though, between what Martha says here and what her sister Mary will say shortly. Martha follows her statement with the word but. But. In other words, she doesn't end her thought with her brother's death. Lord, Martha says to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. You see, Martha does not end it with her brother's death, but leaves it open to possibilities as she knows that God will give Jesus, whatever Jesus asks. Our video bump into the message uh, this morning was taken from a video Bible study entitled The Grave Robber. It's found on Right Now Media. Right Now Media is um, a video library, over 2,000 Bible studies and leadership uh, talks. It's available to those of us who attend Connection Church and there are flyers out at guest services. All you need to do is fill your email out. Uh, you'll receive an evite. Be sure to click yes, and then you'll have access to that. So it's really a great way to connect and to study on your own. So this particular study, the grave robbers, actually looks at, I think it's all seven miracles that we see in the book of John. But in that study, in the section that focuses on um, the story of Lazarus, just like we are this morning. Pastor Mark Batterson, who hosts that series, he recalls a sermon that he, he once heard early in life. He, he mentions, you know, how many sermons we hear during our lifetime and how many we really remember, some vaguely. And then there's a few that we have this nugget that just sticks with us. And this was a nugget that stuck with Batterson from years before from a message called God's Grammar preached by a, a Reverend Dr. Charles Crabtree. 
And the nugget from that sermon that Patterson shares in the Bible study is simply this. We should never put a comma where God puts a period. And we should never put a period where God puts a comma. You might want to get that down. If you've got a camera phone, take a picture of that. So it saves you having to write it. Never put a comma where God puts a period. Never put a period where God puts a comma. In other words, when God is finished with something, it's finished. <laughs> Whether we want it to be finished or not, it's finished. And on the other hand, when God isn't finished, it's not over. It's not over. Uh, in the case of the story of Lazarus, the one sister, Mary, put a period after the statement, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Martha, on the other hand, she puts a comma. It's in the form of the word but. You know, when you look through Scripture, the Lord but, I mean, excuse me, the word, the word but functions as a comma quite a few times throughout the Bible. Yeah. And Martha uses it here. And so Martha knows that God has the power to change a period into a comma, to see that death isn't the last word, to see she understands that Jesus can go to his Father in heaven, that Jesus can bring restoration to this picture, to this story, to this life. And it's only over when God says it's over. And in this case, God is not finished yet. <laughs> Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even though they die, and whoever lives in, by believing me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who has come into the world. And so Jesus assures her that her brother will rise again. And she thinks that he's talking about the final day when, you know, Christ comes back and all will be uh, with him. Jesus says that he is the resurrection and the life, and it is because of him that resurrection will take place through him that we receive, we all can receive re eternal life when we claim Christ as Savior and live our lives for him. She believes that he is, in fact, the Messiah, the Savior. Martha then calls her sister Mary to tell her that Jesus is there and he's asking for her. And Mary gets up quickly and goes to meet him. When Mary reached the place, where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And so here we are back to where we started this morning, up to verse 32. Mary saying, if, and ending her statement with a period. End of story. Or so it appears for Mary. But that is not the end of the story. When Jesus is around, death is never the end of the story. We're told that Jesus was so deeply moved when he saw Mary's tears that he asked her where Lazarus was laid. 
where he was. And then we have the shortest verse in the entire Bible. It's in verse 35. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. This is the humanity of Jesus. Jesus, human yet divine. Jesus wept. Some who were here noticed that Jesus was grieving and how he knew how they knew how much he loved Lazarus. But others wondered why Jesus, when he could open the eyes of the blind and do this healing and that healing, why couldn't he have left? Why couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? So they got to the tomb, and Jesus told them to take the stone away from the entrance. You know, it reminds us of the stone at the entrance when Jesus died. And it's how they did uh, tombs in a kind of a cave-like thing where a stone was rolled to cover the entrance. Told them to take the stone away, and Martha hesitated, saying there'd be a bad odor. See, they didn't embalm in those days. That, that body was already deteriorating, or so she thought. He'd been in there for four days. Think about that. Four days dead in the tomb. Roll away the stone. Jesus reminded them that, that he had told them that if they believed, they would see the glory of God. Wow. And so they took away the stone. And then Jesus looked up. And he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe you sent me. And when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of lemon, linen, a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Can you imagine being there that day? I mean, honestly, here we have this man dead for four days, alive once again, resurrected, restored. I mean, by Jesus waiting two extra days, it left no doubt that this guy was dead. No doubt. Oh, they might have thought if it was sooner, he was just sleeping or let's do a little CPR. No, this is not the way it was. Let's see that. What's that CPR thing? How's that work? I do know how to do it. <laughs> it's pretty quick. Anyway, <laughs> alive. <laughs> this was a clear case where Lazarus was dead and he was resurrected. It was a miracle, a flat-out miracle for everyone to see and to acknowledge, no doubt. This guy was restored to life. He was restored to his sisters. He was restored to the community. He was restored. And so we come to your question for the day. (laughs) And the question is this, if Jesus can bring Lazarus back to life, if he can restore Lazarus after four days dead in the tomb, what's Jesus capable of restoring in your life? Where are you experiencing some death that could use some miraculous Jesus restoration power? Maybe it's a relationship. 
We've had the privilege, especially here at Connection, but even before, but especially here, to see Jesus restore relationships that were virtually dead and gone (laughs) in the grave more than four days. But as much in the grave as Lazarus was, we've seen them restored, healed, brought back to life, actually made better than they were before. Maybe you need some restoration deep inside in your soul, in your spirit, perhaps somewhere along the way, that spirit has been quenched. Maybe someone mortally uh, wounded it, tried to kill it, tried to put it in the grave. Maybe you've been mourning ever since. And if Jesus can restore Lazarus after four days in the tomb, Jesus can restore your spirit. Jesus can restore your soul because Jesus is the ultimate incredible healer. Maybe it's your faith. Maybe something or someone along the way put an arrow in your faith, killed it. Maybe you've been lacking ever since. I, I think Mary's faith was, was about shot after the death of her brother. But Jesus was able to restore that faith as restored Lazarus back to life. If Jesus could restore Mary's faith, just think what he could do with yours. Maybe it's your hope. Perhaps somewhere along the line, your, your hope has been zapped to what it once was. Maybe your hope in a future that you had planned. Maybe your, your hope in, in a situation that didn't go the way that you thought. Maybe your hope has just been, get, been squelched. And then we read in the Bible, we read in this miracle, Jesus saying, Lazarus, come out. And I'll bet many were skeptical that day that it would even, they're like, really, honestly? But yes, Lazarus was raised from the dead, and Jesus can even raise our dead and gone hopes because he comes to give us a hope and a future, not to harm, not to destroy. Jesus just wants to order our step as we claim Christ as our Lord and Savior. Hope is restored. Hope can be restored in your life when we give what it is to him. Oh, it might not be immediate, but over time, as we just walk it out one day at a time, just a little bit closer, a little bit more, the dark is never so dark again. Life resurrected. Life restored. Relationships restored. Spirit restored faith restored, hope restored. (laughs) That's what Jesus does. That's who he is. He's the king of restoration. And maybe it's time for you to give him a chance to do some restoration in your life. He's just waiting to be invited. He doesn't force himself in. He's waiting for an invitation, you to be open to the opportunity to give him an opening. Maybe today's the day. Maybe today is 
the day. We know that a lot of you, a lot of us, are going through a lot of stuff. And it's hard stuff. But be encouraged. Be encouraged that Jesus is fighting for you. Be encouraged that Jesus goes before you, behind you, and all around you. That's the promise. That there's no place or no situation that you're a part of where Christ isn't there. Just give it to him. I'm not trying to make this so simplistic, but that's the start. To cry out. Today we get to do that together as a community. You're welcome to pray to God, pray to Christ right at your seat. The steps, it's an awesome place. As, as we watched uh, those who were baptized kneel, it's a sign of submission to just come before God and just pour it out. We have, we call that the prayer corner. We have Mike and Maria and Esther over there. They're ready to pray with you about whatever it is. Perhaps today is the day where you can leave lighter and receive some restoration. We pray that. God wants that. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for this story found in the book of John and for all the miracles that we've taken a look at, how we've seen the lame healed and water changed into wine. And wow. Help us connect more and more with you and help us take one more step to trust you more, to give you more of our lives. Thank you for saving us. Thank you that we could gather in worship. It's all about you. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692.